Philippians chapter number 2, in verse number 13. Philippians chapter number 2, in verse number 13. I'm enjoying church lately. Anybody want to join in that? Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Somebody else does. No, we have bad days. But church should be something enjoyable. Brothers and sisters should be enjoyable. For the most part. Because we're humans, you know. When God promises there'll be no more sin. This is just a little taste of what really heaven's going to be. Wow, it's going to be great. Guess what? I don't have to worry about annoying you. All that apprehension and that tension is going to be gone. And it's just going to be so peaceful. And it's going to be so joyous. And God's going to speak to us and we're going to see him face to face. It's going to be great. I don't know what you're going through. Or some of our brothers and sisters are, are fighting for their life. And it's hard for me to not think of that as a pastor. And some of you that care, you know what I mean. But the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And uh, that song is fitting for a lot of reasons because I've heard that even with the two sisters that we've been praying about. They said God's will be done. Whatever it is, we're ready for it. And they embodied that song tonight. And uh, I can't pretend to understand how they're going through it. But I'm sure there's some seriousness about life right about now for them. As the brevity of life and the being fragile is upon them. And so, Ms. Monique and Ms. Sue, we love you guys here. And we, we, we totally pray for you. Philippians chapter number 2. And I'm not there after all of that. Philippians chapter number 2. If you're there, say amen. amen. And if you want to stand and honor the word of God, let's do that. Let's go ahead and stand. We'll read this verse together. And I promise you I'll get it. I'll get there. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. There it is. Philippians. Let me get there. Philippians chapter number 2 and verse number 13. Uh, Follow along with your eyes. I will read it to you. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Lord, we come to you tonight that are wanting to hear from you. Lord, it would be in vain if we did not. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for the, the messages we've heard this morning in our Sunday school classes and even the main service. And Lord, uh, we need power. We need an unction from on high. Lord, we need to be able to be effective and to have fervency and to have uh, influence. Lord, we need the power that we've been hearing about lately in Sunday morning. Lord, help us tonight as we look at this thought that we're in all a work in progress, that we would do our part to cooperate to the Master as he works on us. Lord, bless. We ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. The title of the message tonight is, I'm a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. Uh, God is perfecting us, maturing us, but obviously we know sinless perfection does not come until we get into heaven's glory. But it doesn't mean that he's not working in us. A Holy Ghost is busy working in our hearts 
to conform us and to transform us into the image of his dear son. And the sanctification work happens every moment of Christianity. Upon salvation, it starts and it doesn't stop. And he keeps working and working. And I heard this morning that he doesn't give up on us and he doesn't. He gives us not sometimes one chance. He gives us multiple chances. And then take them. Take the chances and take the time that God has given you the opportunities and don't squander any of them if possible. All right? Take it. Maybe you failed. Maybe this is a new year for you. You've been slacking on some things in your life. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Maybe this year you're going to say, God, you gave me this year. I know I have at this moment, this present time. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do my best. And so think about that. Uh, and look at this very, very familiar verses. None of the verses I'm going to read to you is something that we don't know. But I want to bring to a light two different truths that I believe as a Christian we must learn to balance. They happen at the same time. And sometimes we are not careful. We emphasize one over the other. And by doing so, I think we fail. So let us put them in proper perspective and let's have some moderation here and put them the same line of thinking. The same truth, the same principle has to work together. Don't emphasize one over the other. One is not more important than the other. They have a proper place and we have to put them there in order for us to get the full benefit of the result of our obedience in these two things. So I'm a work in progress. What do I mean by that? Well, Look at the verse again here in Philippians chapter number 2 and verse number 15, uh, 13, I should say. And it says, uh, <clears throat> for it is God which worketh, all right, in you. So there's a job that God is doing inside of you, in, internally. He's doing an internal work in each believer. And then look at the thought again, both to will that happens inside of us. And then look at the outward, the external work that God is doing. So he works in you, and then he works out of you. And that's been being preached lately about the power. It kind of coincides really well, and I thought this would be fitting. And it says, to do of his good pleasure. So God is working in us to perfect us at the same moment in time. He's working through us to help somebody else. And if we're careful, if we're not careful, like I said earlier, we're overemphasized, well, we need to be in service for God. We need to be service for God. We need to do a bunch of stuff for God. We need to do a bunch of stuff for God. And sometimes what happens is when you overemphasize that side of it, you forget the other side of it. Where God is saying, wait a second, to be more effective doing those things, you should be working on you at the same time. And sometimes the devil deceives us and says, you don't need any help. Everybody else needs the help. So let's work on them. Leave me alone. And so I want to bring that thought tonight that God and his will in our lives at the work that the Holy Ghost is doing after salvation, he's working both inside of us as well as working through us and outside. He's got that ministry and he's got that work that he's doing. Jesus Christ in salvation has given us forgiveness of sin. We have been given the gift of eternal life. We don't have to fear hell no longer. However, the Holy Ghost continues to work in us and work through us 
to help others. And how these two truths has to be moderated, how these two truths have to be put in importance in our life. We can't overemphasize one over the other because we'll derail. We'll fail. If you're so concerned about you uh, being the way that God, you, you feel that God wants you to be, then you'll neglect helping other people. You isolate yourself, and that's not what God wants. You're too busy on this side that you are burning out. You are working in the flesh more so. You are not receiving the nutrients that you need from the source that you need to work properly. And so we have to put them in the same page of importance. We need to put them together. You don't have to be perfect for God to use you and to work through you. That's the token. That's the other side of this. On this side of it, God is interested in in using us for his glory and honor. He wants to use us. All right? He wants to use us. However, here's another token of truth that we have to balance this one with. However, God wants to keep us and to make us continue to grow in Jesus Christ at the same time. And so that's on this side of it. And so we have to put these two great truths together. It's not good to ignore personal problems that God wants to work on us. Uh, uh, It is not good to ignore personal problems that God wants us to work on. Uh, Some Christians end up doing this. Some Christians ignore the problem personally, internally, by trying to keep busy in Christian service. Let me give you an example. Let's say at home, husband and wife are having a problem. Instead of trying to let God, and God's convicting them, God is working his word in their life to help the home and get that fixed. What we do instead of dealing with it, and you have to be careful with this now, I'm about to say, please get where I'm getting with this, is the fact that we end up, what we do is, we separate from one another and both go off and do great things for God. They do things at the church. They do something over here. They do something over here. And I feel they fail at fixing the problem at home. We swap. And we ignore some things that God is really dealing with us with because it's uncomfortable or we feel we don't want to deal with it right now. Well, we have to be careful as the song says. God is leading. And maybe his leading in your life is saying this. All right, you're busy doing all the ministry of the church, but you have no relationship with your children. Maybe you're busy uh, serving all the things. You, you have everything right in this area, but God is focusing on this area and saying, hey, let's look internally. You have a problem with your anger. Somebody might be doing really good, but they have a problem with lust. All right? So God is wise to deal with us on the outside as well as he does in the inside. He does it at the same exact time. He's working in us, as you see there in Philippians, chapter number 3. Now, look at Ephesians, chapter number 2, another famous verse. All right, Galatians, Ephesians. Back up a little bit. And the moment of salvation happens in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. We see clearly that salvation is a gift, for by grace are you saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. They skipped a few things. Not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Not of works, verse 9, lest any man should boast. But look at verse number 10. 
For we are his workmanship. He created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. You see the twofold principle I'm talking about. We are his workmanship. He's working in us. He's working on us. He's personally invested in making us better. At the same time, the purpose for us being worked on is so that he could also use us to help other people. Please do not lose that importance. Don't fall on either ditches. All right? Don't say, well, I have to be perfect before God uses me. That's not what I'm saying tonight. What I'm saying is, as you are who you are in Christ, be cooperative to the Holy Ghost as he's working in you to make you better, but at the same time, he's going to use you at that very moment. He's going to use you at the very moment that you say, well, I'm not perfect. Well, I understand that, but he's going to use you at that time. Be always in step in the leading of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to be perfect for God to use you or work through you. But again, God wants us to grow in grace as a Christian. We don't want to ignore the things that God is dealing with us internally and try to cover it up with busy work. Okay? Be careful with that. And sometimes good things, we cover the things that needed attention. And God has a good way of bringing things up. He's a personal God, and he knows you very well. And it's not the matter of us knowing what God is dealing with us, I believe. It's maybe we're not wanting God to deal with us in that way. So be open to that. God wants to work in us and with us at the same time. Let God work in you while he's working with you. It's a partnership. and At the same time, he's benefiting you and helping you to be better. And then he's helping, using you to help other people. Romans 6 and verse number 13, it says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Instruments are tools, all right, that is used. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. Let God do the work in your life. As those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. I have a couple of tools that I use to travel. I have two vehicles. Guess what? They, go, they undergo maintenance. I changed my oil. And now I've learned that I could, for the sake of saving money, I have two sets of tires, one for the winter and one for the summer. I bought some cheap rims to put my winter tires on to help me. So there's some maintenance. So what am I doing with that vehicle? What I'm doing with a vehicle is I'm doing something internal with that vehicle. I'm, I'm taking care of it. Why? Because I use it to help other people. I use it to go visit in the, in the hospital. I use it to go visit people at their home. I go use it to do things for the ministry of the church. I bought the cake that I thought was small. I, mis, I misrepresented that. I guess that was a large cake. But I use my vehicles to do that. But at the same time as I'm working on my vehicle, I'm also using my vehicle to get the job done. Guess what? God is doing the same thing with each and every one of you as a Christian, each and every one of us. He's doing a work on us, and then at the same time, he's using us to work his glory. 
amongst other people. I hope you're getting the, the, the truth I'm trying to get here. It is easy to focus on the outward appearance. Why? Because there's some truths that the Bible teaches. It is easy to focus on the outward appearance. We end up being tempted to simply look good in the eyes of men. Thus, deceiving ourselves and in turn, deceiving others. Because it's easy to do that as a man. It's easy to deceive man because man doesn't see the heart. But God sees both the heart and the outward appearance. When we are only concerned with the outward appearance, then we come across hypocritical to God and others. We become self-righteous. Now let's go to a famous verse that we all know, passage in Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter number 7, verses 1 to 5. It says, Judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? You've seen the principle I'm talking about here? We have to let God work in us so that it will be more effective as we work and help others. You see that here? I hope you're seeing that. Now look at what it says in verse number 3 again at the latter part. But considerest not. See the, see the thing there? We are blind to our own faults most of the time. It's easier to see the faults of others. That is just human being. And so we need the help of God. That's why verse Philippians there says, God work it in us. God work it in us. All right? We need God to work in us. And look at what it says in verse 4. Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, <laughs> let me do a delicate operation on you. Let me pull out the mote out of thine own eye. And behold, a beam is in thine own eye. In the Philippines, this is the trick they do when you get something in your eyeball. I don't know, Brother Calvin, if your parents ever did this to you. I don't know where they got it from, but I don't feel good when they do it. As they open your eyes really big, and they go like this. Now, don't do anything. All right, I can't, Mom, holding me down. I can't. All right. And then they go. <sighs> my eyes hurt after that. And I don't know if that helped get anything that was out of my eyeballs. But that's the Philippine way. And uh, it's a delicate thing, our eye. And look at it says here. There's some delicate things. There's there delicate things dealing with people's lives, dealing with people's problems, dealing with people's personal life. I encourage everyone here, tread lightly. That's what the Bible says. Don't be a busybody in other man's matters. As your pastor, I am trying and doing my best to tread lightly. And I encourage all of us to do the same. We have opinions. I understand that. But let your opinions be welcome before you speak. Let them be asked of you before you speak. You have to be careful. There are some people you know would never ask you, but you have favor with them. And maybe God's going to lead you to help them speak the truth of the word of God. So learn the discernments in those. 
But look at verse number four. How will thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is, thy, is in thine own eye. Number five, thou hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. What sounds better to you when somebody comes to you and says this? God help me with this once in my life. It's very delicate in my life. And I want to share with you that God can help you as well. Or say this. You know what I noticed you're doing something in your life. Uh, let me tell you something. The Bible tells us this, this, and this. What would come across better? Uh, you relating to them and you realizing that you are being worked on by God. You come in, in a contrite spirit. You come with meekness rather than arrogancy and sounding proud, uh, prideful. So think about that. The hypocrite, the Bible says, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. God loves us, and he wants to use us. So let us participate in his work in our lives by having the four following things. And I'll give you that, uh, and then we'll be done tonight. So in this idea of balancing God working in us, and we have to be in, in cooperation with him so that we can work uh, with him and help other people, uh, I think these four things can help us. Number one, humility. Number one, humility. I can't preach enough on humility. Number one, humility. First Peter 5 and verse number 5. Another verse that we all know. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. If it is true that power comes from God, and God wants to enable us, so if we have pride, opposite of humility, in the way, and God says he will resist us, that means there's going to be a short. And you're not going to be able to have power that God is wanting to use you with because you have pride in your heart. Humility. Humility. You have to have humility to know that there's a possibility. There's a possibility, American Christians, that there's something you're doing in your life that is not on par with God's will. You have to have humility. To even admit possibly. That even though I've been saved for so long. That I've been going to church for so long. And I do all these ministries. That there's a possible chance. That I have a spirit that is not right at times. That there might be a possible chance. That I'm struggling with anger internally. There's a possible chance that there might be lust that I'm dealing with in my life. There might be a possible chance that I have some covetousness in my life. It takes humility. It takes humility for you to let God work on you and in you personally. Number two, you have to have a heart for it. You have to have a heart for it. What I mean by that, you're going to have to want it. You're going to have to want this. You are going to have to want. This is a song tonight. Let me want what you want, God. Wow. Wow. Anybody has prayed that lately? 
Let me want what you want, God, in my life. You need to have a heart, number two. Where do we find that? Psalms, chapter number 139, and verse number 23 to 24. Psalms 139, 23 to 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see, there's a willingness And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me in the way everlasting. See if there be any wicked way in me. Make me accountable to you, Lord. Make me accountable to you. Where? Not outwardly, in my heart. Where it matters the most, in my heart. I need to know, Lord, if there's any wicked way in me. I want to do this. I want to be involved. I want to be cooperative, Lord. I want to be not hindered by anything in my life. I want to get it all out of the way. I want you and me, nothing between. I, I, just, I just want it so bad. I have a heart for this. I'm desiring this more than anything, Lord. That you would work in my life. Will you show me the things that I can't see for myself? That I would change the things once you show it to me. That I would have humility and I would have the heart to change it. Look at Psalms 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, purity, O God. And renew a right attitude, a right spirit, a right frame of mind, a right disposition in me, within me, Lord. Create. In me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. David was saying, Lord, and you know the story here. He had a, he had a falling uh, with Bathsheba. He made a terrible mistake, horrible mistake. And he is repenting. This is one of the book, uh, this chapter, Psalms 51, is his repentance of that great sin that he committed. And David says, get in all the way, God. Get it all the way. It's fully open. It is, I have no room that I'm going to hide from you. It's there. Please. I'm totally willing. I'm surrendered. Is it my anger? Is it my temper, Lord? Is it my being a cheapskate? Is that me? Is that me, Lord, that, that have grumpy spirit, that hate uh, people? Is it me, Lord? Open it, Lord. Search it, Lord. It's wide open. I'm not hiding anything, Lord. I want you. I want you to search it. I want you to find something. If you do find something, help me fix it, Lord. Help me fix it, Lord. And then if you want God to work in you so that he can work through you at the same time, number three, there has to be some honesty. There has to be some just, just brutal honesty. Brutal honesty within yourself. And this is hard, guys. This is hard stuff. Psalms 51, verses 2 to 4. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. My self-will, Lord. Take it all away. My ambition, my pride to be in prestige, to be known, to be not forgotten, to be remembered, to be adored. To be 
recognize Wash me from myself. Clean me of any wrong ambition. Take it all away. Take it all away. And cleanse me from my sin. The Bible says that his word is powerful. And it discerns the thoughts and the intent of the heart. Is the reason why you don't read the Bible? Because the Bible is so powerful. It hurts you. The more it hurts, I'm telling you, the more run to it. The more it hurts, the more run to it. The more it hurts, the more love it. The more it hurts, the more cleave to it. The more it hurts, the more you want it. Because that's the be the change. And God's going to do some amazing things with your life if you let him work in you and in you and without. Look at verse number three. Whew. Convicting. For I acknowledge my transgression. Not somebody else's transgression. Not what somebody else did wrong. What I did wrong. I recognize it. I acknowledge it. I'm going to be honest with myself. I need help, God. But don't go in self-pity now, okay? Don't go self-pity. Because what happens when you're honest with yourself, you go into depression. I'm no good. I'm nothing. I can't do anything. No, that's wrong. Wrong. Yes, within you dwell it no good thing. But Jesus came in, and he's the overcomer. So when you become honest with yourself, when you realize you can't do it for yourself, you don't have to go far. Jesus is right there. and Say, Jesus, I'm trusting you. From now on, I'm resigning, trusting myself. I'm going to trust you for everything that I do. I'm going to listen to what the word of God says. I'm going to listen to the pastor that preached the truth uh, unashamedly. And I'm going, to, I'm going to follow what I read in the Bible. What, what, what some Christian brother encouraged me. What some Christian brother spoke and God, the Holy Ghost, used them. I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow it. I'm going to be honest. Number four, I'm going to be honest with you, and it's funny, because I need to be funny a little bit. It's a bit, a bit serious, but I'm going to be a little bit funny. I lie to myself about my weight, because <laughs> it feels better. It feels better. It feels better. Doctor asked, how much you weigh? When's the last time you weigh yourself? I don't know when the last time I weighed myself. Some people think I'm losing weight, so <laughs> I said to them, thank you. I think that. I'll take it. And losing weight is not the most important thing in the world. That's not what I'm trying to say. But sometimes we lie to ourselves as we look at the scale. The scale is unbiased. You step on it, and the scale, with no hesitation, well, it does a little bit of hesitation. You have to wait for those zeros to be right, and they'll circle and circle, and you're waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it. Ah! It's not what I really wanted to see. So how much did you weigh? Mm, We fib. We drop it five pounds. Because this is the truth. You know, at night, you're five pounds heavier in the morning. So we just fib and lie to ourselves. 
Those are funny things we can we could deal with because they're not so important. But don't lie about your Christianity. Are you struggling with your Bible? Just be honest. Just be honest. You don't need to tell a bunch of people. The only thing you have to tell is the God of heaven. And then ask him to help you. You're struggling with some things online? Go to God. You're struggling with some music problem? Go to God. You're struggling with some bitterness? Go to God. Just be honest. Your marriage is not what it should be. Be honest. Find somebody to help you. Find God to help you. Just do it. Against thee, verse number four, the only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear. One thing I love about when I do something wrong, which I don't love doing wrong, but I love the fact that when I come clean, there's clearance and there's clearness in the air. My wife and I, some arguments, and at times I don't do the right thing. I react emotionally. I don't react the Bible way. And I need to ask for an apology. But when I do ask for the apology, things are different, it seems. There's some clearance. Some of you husbands need to apologize to your wife sincerely. Some of your wives need to apologize to your husband sincerely. Some of your children need to apologize to mom and dad. For being very disrespectful to them. Some of your parents need to apologize to some of your children. Some brothers maybe need to do that with each other in the church. So that you can have clearance. Do you want to go in the room every time and have tension? Who wants that? That's stress. I'm too young. I don't want it. So I've learned with gentleness and with clearness... And not hurting anybody. I just tell the truth. The most kind way I can. In every situation I'm in. I don't do it all the time. But I've learned it's better. Just tell the truth. You don't like that special they sung. Just tell them. Tell them kindly. Find a way to do it. Tell your husband you don't like that outfit he wears. Just tell them. Instead of us pretending everything is okay... And we're irritated by it. You know, there's other things that are more important than that. That we're letting the devil win. And we're just letting it sit there. And we're not dealing with it. We need to deal with it. There needs to be some forgiveness happening in our lives. Look at number four. Not only in this idea, we need to have humility. We need to have a heart for it. We need to have honesty. And there's nothing like hard work. There's nothing like, number four, hard work. Look at James 1, 22. You need, to have some, you need to have some sweat equity in your Christianity. You need to have some sweat equity in your Christianity. It has to cost you something sometime. It has to cost you something sometime. It might not cost all the time, but it has to cost you something sometime because it's so real for you. It means so much to you. You will give time for it. You will sacrifice personal things that you would rather do and give time to get this done. 
It has to be that in your life. There has to be some sweat equity for you. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus sweat as it were great drops of blood. And really, God in Christianity gave his sweat and blood for it. I mean, all literally, he did. James 1, 22 and 25. James chapter number 1, 22 to 25 will be done. But be ye doers. <laughs> There's the work. <laughs> I wish it wasn't that way. But that's God's will. Don't be just a listener. Don't just agree. Don't just say amen. Don't just say, well, that was good preaching, pastor. Or that was a great thought. Wow, it says do it. Be doers of the work. And not hearers only. It's pretty good that people hear the word. I'm pretty sure you're here on Sunday night. You're getting this preaching. You're hearing it. Praise the Lord for that. But God's more, God wants more than you hearing it. He says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. You're not being honest with yourself. Verse 23. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, He's like unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass. Verse 24. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. I want a clear crystal mirror. Because I love my hair the way it should be like this. That line has to be straight. I have to have clear mirror. You know at times... I have to use my window for my car. The sun has to just be right, and the glare makes your glass on your car, that's the door, a mirror. But you know how, how hard that is to, to look at it like, oh man, that, oh man, the sun went away. Now it's not clear. I don't really see what's going on. And you can't really tell the problem. God's trying to say to us, let's just be very clear about this. Let's make sure we're not seeing a distorted vision of ourselves. We need to get a clear vision of ourselves and let God work on us for who we truly are. We need to see ourselves for who we truly are. That's somebody that does the work and not just here. But whoso, verse 25, look it into the perfect law of liberty, the Bible is a mirror, a clear one. Men's opinion about you is not clear. The word of God is clear. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his what? Deeds. God needs to work in you, as he's working with you and through you. If you want God to bless your deeds, then you need to let God to work in you. And don't walk away from the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Please don't walk away. Harden not your heart when you hear the word of God. And he's working in your heart. How's your attitude with your Christian brothers and sister? Do you have selective love? You only find the ones you love? The Bible says the Gentiles do the same thing. Those that give to them, they give back to them. God's wanting you to be undefiled by this world. And he wants your religion to be pure. He says, do it to those people that could never give back to you. 
the fatherless and the widows. They can never give back to you what you are expecting. Don't give and serve and do anything for anybody with strings attached. Cut it off. Let it go. Give it to them for free, for real. Second Timothy 2, 2, 21. If a man therefore forge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and then what? Meet for the master's use. There's the internal working of God, purging himself from sin. The list went on on the top. And then he is then meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. A lot of times when you see the word good work, a pattern of good work, a lot of times that phraseology, that, that phrase, is God using in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God your Father in heaven. A lot of times your good works, and when God wants us to do those things, it is deflected to lost people. It's deflected to men, saved and lost people. God wants us to do good works. So by doing good works, what's happening is that's what we're showing to each other. We're doing good works to each other. We're trying to be nice to each other. We're saying kind words to each other. And as we're doing that, as we're doing that, God's working in us. God's working in us. God's working in us. And we're doing that. And we're doing that. God's working in us. God's working in us. Good work is towards other people. And as we do that, I think... We're going to be more effective. Here's the last phrase and we're done. God is as interested in making you as he is using you. God is as interested in making you as he is using you. Please don't fall off on either side of the ditch. Please don't fall off. Try to be in the middle of these two things. As God's working in you, guess what? He says, all right, now I got you that step, young Christian. Now I want you to do something. You got saved, right? Now tell other people about Jesus. He's not perfect. He, he probably even got baptized yet. He, he, he's probably not even knowing what church membership is all about. He's not been discipled yet. He doesn't even know right words yet. He probably doesn't even dress right yet. But but he got saved, and right away, I remember as a Christian, man, the first thing that was in my heart is, I have to tell somebody else about this. And guess what? I didn't, I didn't know what I was saying, but I knew Jesus, and Jesus died, and he died for me, and he died for you. And so I told my mother, I told my sister, I told this person at school, I did this, and I did this, went to Erie County Fair, and, and, just, and just went at it. And then as that is happening, God increased working in my life. I have to get over bitterness. I have to get, forgive people. Uh, I have to get over the fact that the world doesn't revolve around Chris Barron, and it's okay, and it's fine, because God loves me, and that's all I need. And then, at that moment, God says, I want you to teach uh, the junior church a little bit. I want you to be a part of the Sunday school. I want you to be part of the choir member. All at the same time was happening in my life. God's working in me, and he's working through me. Christian, don't settle just to work and work and work and work and work. Get some of it yourself. Let God get all over you. 
and help you be a better father, help you be a better Christian, help you with your temper, help you you personally. Let him, because then you'll be more effective. I don't have the time, the story of Mary and Martha. I don't believe Martha was scolded by God for working. God just simply said to her, Martha, you know what? I love you working, but at this time, you should have been with Mary just sitting. And so we have to learn that, to balance the two of this. Sometimes, guys, the answer is not doing more work. Sometimes the answer is getting in a hold of God by yourself somewhere and says, God, I am already going soul winning. I'm already doing teaching a class. I'm already doing this. I'm already, why is things not happening like you said in your word? Well, son, it's because you have a problem in here. I'm like, oh, all right. What do we need to do about that? Lord, I, I need your help. Well, listen to this pastor. Listen to this Christian brother. Listen to this Christian sister. And then do the hard work. Not just listen to words, but do it. Do it. When's the last time you got something from God's word and you didn't overanalyze it? You didn't find all the reasons and all the, the pros and the cons and just simply did it by faith. Not foolishly, not foolishly, but you just simply took God by his word and you did it something. Here's one. Tell somebody about Jesus. When are you just going to take God at his word and go out of this week and say, this week, Lord, I'm going to pray for a divine appointment. I'm going to pray for an opportunity to open my mouth and say something to someone. Who wants to do that? I'm praying for it this week. God, bring me to somebody that I can talk to. It's better than not wanting that. It's, it's better than not thinking about it. It's, it's better than, than just, just letting it be. I don't want to just let it be. And there's some been good preaching on, on personal soul winning that I've been needing and I've been working on. Brother Jake and I were able to talk to somebody uh, at uh, Charity House, uh, not Charity House, the Charity Baptist uh, Mission, but Pitt Wigder. They raised their hand for salvation, and at the end, nobody came and talked to the, the, the dear lady. And so Jake and I said, hey, I saw you raise your hand while I was preaching. Can I share with you the gospel? And Jake and I went in the room, and her, her name was Samantha. I was on the prayer list. That's the lady. I'm hoping she got saved. We went through the gospel. And uh, she felt like uh, that was something good. I was trying to get her to pray, and she didn't want to at that moment. But we got to share the gospel. I want it again. I want it again. I want it. I want it. Lord, we're thankful that you love us and that you want to work in us and want to work with us and through us. Lord, we've been hearing messages on power. Help us to have that. Help us to have humility. Help us to have a heart for it. Help us to be honest. And help us just to simply do the hard work it takes. Let us to do the work. Empower us by your grace to do the work. In Jesus' name.